The future belongs to those who see the possibilities before they become obvious. Welcome to Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Catherell. I have the immense pleasure, third time in three weeks, to be joined by Paul Catherall from Ultramobile. This is our the third installment of our weekly podcast, now weekly podcast series, Fireside Chats Without the Fire, talking all things contact center, call center, customer care, anything related to customer experience. We're having a great time. Here we are the third week, and clearly we got a little bit of traction. We're so excited to have you with us, those that have listened and tuned in to the first two episodes. Thank you, those that have the fortitude to tune into this third episode. Thank you so much, and we look to continue to grow this audience and market. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm really good. And again, you know, I can't believe that we're two episodes in. And Neil, I don't know if I've explained this to you, but we've already had over 70 downloads in two weeks of our podcast. I find it amazing that there's people out there that are willing to listen to a Welsh lad from Clandidna. Um, I think it's great. I think it's great, honestly. And I'm so proud and pleased of all the work that we're doing. Really excited about this. Excellent. Well, it's a tribute to hopefully the fresh content that we've got going on here, the, the timely topics that we're addressing. Clearly, there's a ton going on in the larger world, but especially in the contact center world, there's such a ton going on. Change, the pace of activity is just amazing, despite the crisis that we're going through throughout the world. I think that's an incredible segue to tell the audience that we are joined by Joe Doherty from Five Nine, not just any regular old Joe. Joe's going to walk us through and talk about some really cool things just aligned with what we're talking about here. The breadth of change, the newness of what's going on in the work from home model. Joe, we're really happy to have you. Welcome to the show. Great to be here. Maybe I should change my Twitter handle to not your average Joe then, right? Not your average contact center Joe, something like that. We could have some fun with that one. (laughs) That's right. No, great to be here. Actually, listen, then love the first two podcasts. Love that you guys are sharing your insight. But again, I love that you guys are asking the right questions. So hopefully people are taking that as a cue that they should be doing the same. Good. So let's get right into it. If I'm a platform guy, right, this is my moment in the sun. I'm pounding my chest and I'm looking back at the marketplace and I'm saying, I told you so. You guys needed to move to the cloud. You should have been paying attention to us. If you had, you would have been able to move to work from home, to remote agents seamlessly. No one would be complaining. There would be no shutdowns. Customer experience would be out of this world. Agent experience would be top-notch if you guys had only listened to me. But obviously, we know that not everyone listens to you guys. But I do think you have a moment in the sun here. Tell us kind of like what's going on. What's going on in platform and, and what are the opportunities here? Well, this is unquestionably an unprecedented time for the country, for the world. I mean, you know, listen, COVID is, is changing how we do everything from how we live at home and how we move about to how we get our groceries and then how we work. For us, it's been, you know, a fantastic moment because we've been able to help a lot of companies make that move initially thinking that they couldn't, now realizing that they have to, helping them make that shift in many cases absolutely smoothly and seamlessly, but just understanding and helping them map that transition. So for us, it's been a crazy but amazing several weeks. You know, when we talk about enabling the shift, but also being able to take what is one of the great values of a cloud solution, and that is the ability to rapidly deploy. So moving our existing customers from premise to home base, that was just logging in from a different location. There wasn't much of a lift there, but it's those companies that that weren't necessarily in the cloud, didn't have that path 
from the premise to work from home, helping them do it quickly, do it effectively, and minimizing the impacts to operations, to the customer experience, and of course to agents, because there's a shift for many of them as well. So it's really been a remarkable time and a historic one for everybody. For us, we, we're, we're enjoying the ride, we're tired, but we're loving it. Sure. Paul, do you worry like I do with this whole work from home model that you used to be able to have eyes on the agents because you'd have the mm. floor general walking the floor and looking and seeing who's doing what and who's logged on and who's on a call and who's handling a chat and all the things that, that you and I both know that, that have to take place on the contact center floor. Now that yeah. agents are logging in from their homes, from their family rooms, from their bedrooms, from their kitchens, from whatever, does that worry you? I mean, wh- what do you think? Like, platform how's this all working i i know it kind of keeps me up at night what do you think about it i can't believe how very well aligned you and i are neil to be fair i I often want to say to you get out of my head so yeah i'm completely the same i lose sleep over the fact now that we've got agents out there that could be doing anything or could be saying anything to our customers right it causes me many sleepless nights and many concerns and from my own personal experience even though We've only been, only in inverted commas, working from home for the past three weeks. I've already seen small, very small issues that would indicate there's, if we didn't act on it there and then, it could present a bigger problem further down the line, such as agents transferring to the wrong queue, where you know for a fact if they were in the contact center, as you said, they had their roaming eye, that wouldn't happen, right? Or a slight drop in our CSAT or QA score, again, very small, but unless you're all over that from the go, then that's just going to drive the needle in the opposite direction of where you want to go. So right now, that's one of my biggest concerns and my biggest challenges. I'm fortunate that I've got a big network. So I've been speaking to people in terms of many different people from many different, whether they're client side or vendor side, in terms of how they've gone about it. And there's some creative solutions out there that people have had to do on the fly, so to speak. I think one of the most Great solutions that I've come across is team leaders have used Google Meets or any kind of contact or any kind of video calling platform, right? Whether it's Google Meets, Blue Jeans, or the one at the moment the popular one is Zoom, right? Mm-hmm. A side note, if you'd invested in Zoom three weeks ago, now you could retire for life, but that's a separate discussion, right? That's an absolute separate discussion. But what a lot of the more experienced team leaders are doing is they're actually set up a Zoom that the team leader has for all their agents. And what happens is on that time is that a team leader at any time can say, right, Neil, show me a screen. Joe, show me a screen. So even though it's not as real time as it would be in the contact center environment, there is certainly that element of, I guess, security from a client perspective that the team leaders are doing their jobs. But that for me is the biggest concern. And then, Neil, you play into PCI compliant, right? That's a minefield on its own. So that's something that we are still working a solution for. We haven't got a solution at the moment. We've stopped all our credit card payments. We're pushing customers to use SecurePay, which is our IVR solution, or we're asking them to make the payment online or to go to a retailer. It's just too much of a risk at the moment for us to even entertain taking payment or credit card details out of the controlled environment of the contact center. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. The two things that keep me up at night are adherence and engagement. So adherence, you know, are the agents logging in when they're supposed to? Of the 60 minutes, how many of the minutes are they truly logged in? How many are they talking or chatting or doing some type of interaction or work? 
How many are they doing things like, you know, wrap up or, or and worse, how many are they just waiting and uh, maybe in an unfortunate case doing like avoidance activities? Those exactly. things are always critical. Those tools certainly, I know they exist, but what's really, I think at the heart of that stuff is the topic of engagement and keeping the agents on the toes and motivated and happy that they're working from home. They've got a little more flexibility. They don't have to get in a bus or a car or a hop on their bike or whatever it is, how they get to work and fight traffic. They now have the luxury of sitting from home. That's a lot of responsibility. Not all of them, I think, are cut out for it, and that's okay. Mm. But I'd like to talk more about agent engagement. How do we keep them on their toes, hopefully motivated, happy, working, and of course, productive? And I'd love to hear, Joe, you're familiar with the tools that are out there to keep agents engaged in a remote environment. How do we as contact center operators really keep these guys and gals on their toes? Well, you point to the very first thing, which is right now, visibility is the first step. I mean, you can't measure what you don't see, right? So being able to understand agent state and not just what's going on with them in terms of the ACD, we can identify trends and behaviors and supervisors have a good pulse for their teams, but what they don't have, what they had before was that direct visibility. When you're walking a call center floor, you don't necessarily always have to look up at the boards to find out what's going on in the contact center. You can kind of get that from the pulse of the center. You can see who's engaged and who's not. When they're distributed, that advantage goes out the window. So your dashboarding becomes essential. And not, again, A, from the ACD perspective, but really, are you pulling in the metrics from other tools like your CRM and things like that? But once you can see what they're doing, the question is, how do you maintain that positive behavior? How do you maintain that engagement? For years, the contact center has talked about things like gamification. And frankly, even today, many people don't get what gamification is really about. We have customers who often talk to us and said, oh yeah, I, I want to hear about this gamification. I want to buy some gamification. And to them, it's as, you know, it's, it's like having a ping pong table in the break room and that to them is gamification. And they're understanding now that the gamified environment and driving performance, they're so innately tied together because if you don't keep the agents engaged, one of the folks in our gamification team is very fond of saying, you run into two challenges, right? One we're not going to see anytime soon, which is, you know, agents give up or, and they quit and they leave. Okay, well, people are handing, holding on to their jobs for longer now because of the fact that the environment's changed. But the other side of the question is they might quit and stay, meaning they're not engaged. They'll stop giving their 110% and shift down to the very basics, the, the bare minimum. So what the gamification tools are allowing customers to do is to say, I want to keep my agents engaged. I can't rely on my supervisor to keep a, an eye on them all day long. So how do I have the agents stay self-motivated? And the way we're doing it is by giving them the stats that they have, that they know that they're being measured on. Because if you don't know what your expectations are, how do you do your job effectively? So understanding that, making the agents take an ownership in their productivity and their performance by, again, setting an expectation and giving them the tools to get there. And then the, the last piece is, constantly providing that incentive or that encouragement to push on the areas where they're strong, but harder on the areas where they're weak. And the gamified environment, that reward system is what allows that to happen throughout the course of the week or the month, as opposed to waiting for that, you know, once a week meeting with my supervisor where I can review my stats or end of the month if it's worst case scenario. So gamification becomes the next key tool set tied with dashboards to help contact centers maintain that productivity and agent engagement. So you mean to say the old days of having the pizza party and putting the ping pong table or the pool table in the break room, those days are over, huh? 
Well, let's just say that they're not necessarily going to be in person. So you might be getting a virtual piece of pie. Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree with that. I always say that the contact center, easy button. You just press the button and the problem is resolved and it's taken yeah. care of. The old days of having the pizza party and just letting people go on, you know, take a break and play some pool or ping pong for a while. Those days are far over. I absolutely agree. How do you respond to these concerns? And, and Paul, certainly weigh in here because, I, you know, you yeah. manage such a diverse workforce. I think certainly for the younger skewing contact center agents, things like real-time dashboards and mm. games and things that provide instant gratification and instant recognition certainly on a general level probably resonate. But then you have contact center workers that may skew older and or they may not be interested in these types of tools. It may be a distraction. They may not feel as comfortable. How do you, how do you address that? Are these tools one size fits all or do you customize stuff? How do you kind of like yeah. you know, deal with the potential resistance? You bring up a key challenge in the center and that not all agents are created equal. They come from different backgrounds. And so there's going to be different drivers. You can't just put in a gamification solution without a gamification strategy. And part of that is understanding your talent pool, your agent pool. And you're right. Those agents, there are going to be those, say, the millennials that are going to be motivated by getting that badge or that ability to customize their emoji in their screens. And that's going to make sense to some people. For some uh, that are outside, say, the, the gamified generation, it might not have the same effects. So you approach it differently. And, and again, part of that is, why are we doing this in the first place? Is it just to track you and report you? That's kind of a negative approach to things. We gamify things and we track all these things because we want to, number one, also identify how good you are at certain things. So you're a seasoned contact center agent. You're up on the leaderboard for your performance in this category, that category. We focus on both the good and the bad. The bad side is not a way to get you out, it's a, a way for us to take you to that next level for that particular metric. So you use the performance dashboards and you use these gamification approaches differently based on how you position them to the end agent. Paul, tell us what your thoughts are on this whole gamification thing. So I think it's a great question. There is obviously some benefit, or there's a lot of benefits to be gained from the tools. But where I'm at at the moment in terms of what I'm seeing from my end is that you can do the tools, you can do all that, you can do the virtual pizza parties. But as leaders, I honestly feel there's an ownership on us not to forget about the agents. I mean, like senior, senior level, particularly from, you know, the company that I work for, we've made a concerted effort to send a message out to our agents that we really appreciate the fact that they've had to go from an office environment to a work from home environment in some cases, Neil, a space of like three or four hours, and we're still delivering the results, right? I think the challenge that we faced in the COVID situation is the senior guys, you know, the people of experience and of leadership have adapted to it relatively seamlessly because they're invested, they've got investment in the company, they're there as leaders. The challenge that I think a lot of people have overlooked is how has it impacted the agent's morale and how has it impacted the agent's experience, not just from a client perspective, but also from a vendor perspective, right? So we've made it clear that we value them. My line managers, my bosses, for want of a better phrase, they've done a recorded message. They've sent that out to the agents. I've encouraged the team leaders with the vendors that we work for, and not just the team leaders, but the general managers, the ops directors, 
to actually do skip levels and not focus on performance, right? It's not about performance right now in terms of the engagement piece. From a humanity perspective, it's all about we want to say thank you because this is tough. This situation right now that we're living in on a day-to-day basis is tough for anybody. But when you look at what the agents are going through, we're expecting to deliver exactly the same results in a different environment with maybe less of a bandwidth in terms of devices and whatever it may be. We've got to make sure that we're thanking them. Sorry, I didn't mean to go off on a tangent there. I believe that the tools and what have you perform an action there that's needed, but we can't forget. And I think it's on the leaders. We can't forget the humanity aspect and making sure that we still keep that engagement piece with the agents. Does that make sense? I completely agree. I have to say. rubbish. (laughs) No, absolutely. I think, Paul, you're right, because this has been a very humanizing experience, right? So agents have moved to the home environment. And in the past, we had to make sure that if you were working from home, it's an extraordinarily controlled environment, no background noise, things of that nature. But we are in the new normal right now. So people are making that adjustment. So part of it is facilitating the mechanics of it. But the other part is really making sure that we're in touch with our teams, that the supervisors are closer now, even though they're physically distant, they're close to the pulse of their people. You know, and it's going to pay some big dividends because what we're finding out is that the companies that are so employee focused, not just agent focused, but employee focused and saying, we get it. In fact, our CEO sent out a perfect email about this a few weeks ago about, hey, you're going to have agents, you're going to have your your co-workers, your kids, your dog, your cat. They're going to be in the background. Don't panic. We're all in this together. Well, sending that message drives that teamwork and that sense of, all right, we'll make this through, we'll stay together, we'll lock arms. And I think as a result, we'll come out of this even better in many cases with our organization. As a customer, I received an email from, I forget which, it might have been a financial services brand that I'm a customer of. And I got an email this morning just from, maybe from the CEO or might not have been signed by a specific person, but it said something exactly to that effect that all of our agents are currently working from home. Hold times are a little bit longer. Please don't give up on us. If you hear a baby cry or a dog bark in the background, please don't get scared. Our agents are working from home. And I thought that the brand delivering that message of humanity and authenticity to the customers ex ante and not ex post was a brilliant set of communications. Give a little tribute to my friend Al Hopper, who said, I, I read something he wrote on Twitter last night, that he encourages people, managers, as they meet with their teams, Don't just do video conferences to check on your teams to try to be a police officer and police what they're doing, but utilize it as an opportunity to get to know your teams. Let Mm. the team members show their dog or their newborn or their favorite painting or, you know, the Lego that they're building behind me, (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff. Use it as an opportunity. Don't use it as a way to control and police, but use it as an opportunity to get to know your your team. And that that definitely resonated with me. We used to let our employees, or we still do, allow them to customize their cube, right? So this is just taking their personality and their personalization and now allowing them to more fully express it, which, again, all that does is drive better engagement, better loyalty. Exactly, exactly. On the platform side, just tell us a little something else that those that have not moved to the cloud, a couple easy arguments 
why you should move to the cloud, whether it's just given what's going on with COVID-19 today and just kind of, you know, sort of common sense and business practice. What does the cloud really offer and why should they do it? So let's go with the first and most obvious, which is redundancy, business continuity, disaster recovery, paint it whichever way you want. When you're dealing with a situation like this, those that are not in the premise-based PBX environment, they've been able to make that transition you know, readily within the question of, you know, not just days or weeks, but hours and even minutes. It's like, okay, we're going to go ahead and let these agents log off. They're going to go log in from home or from Starbucks or wherever they may be. So just having that redundancy, that business continuity insurance is there. Flexibility. Again, now it's out of a business need that they have to get their agents working from home. But once this is all done and COVID maybe subsides a bit and we were able to kind of emerge from our caves, well, now you're going to have options. And in the past, again, I said earlier, people said, we can't do it. Now they have to do it. At the end of this, it'll become a choice. Do we want to do it? Does it make sense for us? How does that affect our capital expenditures in terms of physical office space? In fact, Neil, I believe you said on an earlier one, that was an evaluation you were making it. And then the timeliness of this, your pause paid some good dividends. So those are the immediate ones. The fact is, is that the cloud is designed also to make integration easier. In fact, that's an area that our company is focusing on heavily is how do we make us easier to do business with, but also how do we make it easier to integrate with other tools? And there's a lot of tools out there that make integration with CRMs and payroll systems and all these types of things. How do we make them easier to to integrate and, and leverage in the cloud? And then I guess the last piece is that the pace of change When you work in a cloud environment, you're dealing with the most current iteration of the application. You're not worried about something that's going to be, you know, two or three or five or 10 releases old. You're always dealing with that most current. And again, today, with the pace of change in the contact center, having the most up-to-date applications really becomes a business necessity. Absolutely. As they say in the Caribbean, the British-speaking Caribbean, bless up to the the platform providers. Thank you for all that you guys do. And uh, these tools are absolutely essential in these crazy times. Paul, you get to have the last word. Close this baby out. Give us an idea about <laughs> agent engagement, platforms, the latest and greatest, a party, some few parting words for the audience. Well, that's no pressure. Thanks, Neil. So, look, first things first, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure. Really, Always, pleased, that you took the, really pleased that you took the time out to attend our podcast or to be a guest in our podcast, right? So, thanks very much. And then you remember what me. we said. Not only they listen to it, we have to remember what we said. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, right? I, I think this world at the moment that we're living in, the new norm is ever-changing. And I think it would be foolish for us to put all our hopes in one basket, right? All our apples in one basket. I don't think it will solve engagement engagement just from a tools perspective. We need to make sure we're also engaging the agents on a humanity. And we as leaders are open to them, are visible to them, and we know and we sympathize with their challenges. The moment we start to lose that, we'll lose the workforce and we'll lose any type of credibility that we've already built up with our agents. I think for me, Neil, that's where we're at at the moment. It's great that we've got all these tools. I'm just concerned that if we get blinkered on the tools that we'll lose the humanity. And that's one of the main, well, that is the main reason I love what I do is that I get to speak with you guys, people like you on a daily basis. And I would hate to feel that we would replace that with just tools that's my concern. But I'm happy with the way things are going. The future looks bright. I actually think that after we've gone through this, 
you've got to look now, right? People are a lot more engaged it just on an individual basis, right? There's a lot more people that are just giving friendly nods, friendly smiles if you see them in the street. So the hope that humanity will come out of this COVID as in a better place, for me at the moment, looks positive. Not to sound too kind of, I'm preaching or anything like that, but that's where my hope is at the moment, my friend. Perfect. Excellent way to close. For those of you that have listened and tuned in here, thank you for listening. Please share ideas with us, contribute comments, ask questions. You will hear and see our Twitter handles and uh, email addresses and LinkedIn profiles and things like that. I think it's already in what you'll be receiving, but we would love to hear feedback from you. We've got a lot more content coming. This was a sensational session with you, Joe. Thank you for joining us. We definitely look forward to having everyone come back, tell your friends about us, repost, share, tweet, retweet, comment, all the cool stuff that's out there that you can do on social media. Thank you for tuning in. Paul, once again, it's always a pleasure to work with you. Thank you. Been great, guys. Cheers, guys. This has been another episode of Fireside Chats Without the Fires with Neil Toff and Paul Cathro. Follow Neil and Paul on Twitter at Neil Toff and at PaulCat72. Podcast feedback and topic suggestions are always welcome. Thank you for listening.